Say what? Oh, this is Brian. Call me the fool in the rain gardener. Coming to you from the Devil's Hole, a.k.a. the subterranean studios of the new Ramblin' Towers in scenic, locked down Hespler, Ontario. And you are listening to Led Zeppelin and the Time of Cholera, Ed Zepp, episode 159. Uh, Ramblin' Radio is the longest running Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin at the time of cholera is the longest running Led Zeppelin podcast on this or any other known internet. So you can subscribe to Ramblin' Radio through iTunes and Google Play. Don't forget, if you're in iTunes, if you're in Google uh, Play, leave a review. It helps their algorithms find the podcast, which helps other people find the podcast. Um, it's also available on Podbean, and I am Brian Dammit. Podbean has their own mobile streaming app. You can listen to it direct from that. You can listen on Stitcher Radio, Verbal.com, and don't forget to check out and like the video at Ramble on Radio on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, uh, like the video. That also helps people find it. Uh, also, be sure to like and follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook, and you can support Ramble on Radio by becoming a patron, patron on Patreon. So yes, we're back to back to lockdown here. It, it, listen, I, I here's what I'm going to say. If you you're sitting in your nice little home somewhere and you think your politicians suck, first off, yes they do. They all suck, but they don't suck as bad as the politicians I have. Doesn't matter if it's the country, the province, the region. It they just suck so bad here. It's like you have to fail every test you've ever taken before they'll let you be a politician in this country. Just a disaster. And uh, I might be fed up. I might be fed up with this. Um, okay, so that was uh, on the intro. That was a little different. Not just a minute and a half clip of something live. That was um, from a sessions in February 1981 uh, by a band that was calling themselves XYZ, XYS, X Zeppelin, Chris Squire, Alan White, and Jimmy Page. And uh, that song was called Can You See? Not Can't You See, the Marshall Tucker classic, but Can You See. Um, and you kind of heard some pretty, that Jimmy Page slide kind of thing that he was doing a lot in The Firm. Was, was uh, You could hear it there. Uh, we will talk about them later. Uh, there will be mid-episode, mid there will be another song played. That's something I don't normally do. But because there's four total, that one, the mid-episode one, I probably won't play the whole thing, but I'm going to play a snippet. So you can hear it, and then we will close out on the final one as well. Three or four episodes ago, when we covered the Firm's Mean Business album, we talked about one of the songs, and we'll get into all that in a little later. Okay, in history, on the 1st of April, 1977, they kicked off the 1977 tour. That would be Led Zeppelin. On the 4th, 2009, Jimmy Page was inducted. Jimmy Page inducted Jeff Beck into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, and they had, if you, if you look it up, they, they played together. They did Beck's Bolero. I think they went into an immigrant song. It was a, overall a pretty cool thing. Adjust my cam- I'm going to adjust my camera a little. Uh, April 5th, 1938, Peter Grant was born. Um, April 20th, 1992, a bit of a jump there, but there you go. The Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert, uh, Robert, which Robert Plant appeared. Um, 
And there's been official videos of that concert through the years, but Robert Plant has never allowed his uh, his set, I believe, to be anything official. On the 21st of 1978, Sandy Denny, um, one of the very few people to appear on a Led Zeppelin album, um, outside of the four. I think there's Sandy Denny, and I think there is... Um, I want to say in the first album, there's a tabla player, right? Uh, I think that's the only two people who actually appear musically in a Led Zeppelin album outside of, of uh, Paige Blant, John uh, Bottom, and Jones. Uh, and she passed away. She died in February or April 21st, 1978. And 20 years later, April 21st, 1998, Paige and Plant's Walking into Clarksdale was released. It'd be the last last recorded works of, of those of that grouping last recorded works the two of them together um, last studio album of Jimmy Page's career is that correct only thing I can think since has been the Black Crows which was live and the Celebration Day which was live right so huh so there you go, that was 1998, so 20, even that was 20 years ago, 20, it seems like the time between 78 and 98 was this massive gulf when Sandy Denny died to page and plant touring again, it was a lifetime, and yet the time from page and plant touring to now has actually been longer, um, been a long time, boy, boy, two lifetimes. All right, there's some news. There's a Robert Plant Record Store Day release coming out. The uh, Nebworth 1990, a vinyl EP. Um, it appears to be England only, which uh, as a record collector, Robert Plant fan, etc., that frustrates the hell out of me when they do stuff like that. For God's sake, you're Robert Plant. Make it available to everybody. Huh, maybe I should be doing a podcast tonight. Maybe I'm just a little too fed up with the world. What do you think? Uh, 4,700 copies only. That sounds like not very many, but it's actually quite a bit for a Record Store Day release. Um, they talk a lot about the record revival and whatnot, but it appears to be three to 4,000 is what you sell of any one record at a given time. So, uh, but that's 4,700. Oh, excuse me. 4,700 copies. Uh, and again, England only, a vinyl EP, four songs. It's only an EP. It's not the full show. Um, side A is The Hurting Kind, I Got My Eyes on You, and Liar's Dance. Side B, Tall Cool One, and Wearing Tearing, featuring Jimmy Page on guitar. The EP doesn't include Immigrant Song, Tie Dye on the Highway, Going to California, Nirvana, Misty Mountain Hop with Jimmy Page, Rock and Roll with Jimmy Page. All happened in that performance. Um but it's just the four songs. And the money is going to a charity. I, I don't know offhand what the charity is, but all the money, um, and they seem to be doing a series of these. I guess this was a very big, um, big concert. I mean, Nebworth was always big concerts. We get that, but um, this one had Genesis, and, and there was four or five top-level acts at it. And they're all releasing an EP, and it's going to be kind of, it's like brown plain packaging very not nothing fancy but they're all releasing an ep of, of their their set of a condensed version of their set um, and the money goes to this charity but again i ask robert plant if you're listening 
Um, and I know you're listening because how can you not? Uh, I don't know if he listens. I don't know if he listens. I doubt it. Uh, but if you're listening to Robert Plant, come on, make it available. Make it available to the rest of us. This record show days become so frustrating anyway. Now you're just going to make stuff available 3,000 miles away and not here. Yeah, I think this is the grumpy edition. I think this is episode grumpy. Uh, also, <laughs> um, and on the Jimmy Page recording front, um, they're releasing a box set of the uh, Yardbirds Roger the Engineer album. And it will feature a vinyl single set. It's got three or four discs. Um, but it also has a vinyl seven-inch single um, or what we would call a 45 back in the day. or We'd call it a 45 or single. Kids, this is, people talk about vinyl, seven-inch vinyl. We didn't talk about seven-inch vinyl. We talked about 45s or singles. This is a single, a 45, of happening 10 years time ago. Um, the song was recorded in 1966 before Paige was in the Yardbirds. Um, I think. And uh, But it features Paige and John Paul Jones. Um, and the B-side of the single will be Psycho Daisies, uh, which also featured Paige. The box set itself will feature two different takes of Keith Ralph's single, Shapes of Things. I guess Keith Ralph released that, that as a single as well as it being a Yardbird song, of which Jimmy Page played on. And possibly, well, 10 years time ago, happening 10 years time ago is interesting, but possibly the most interesting to me is um, we'll have Stroll On. Which is uh, from the the Mike, Michelangelo Antonini Antonis movie Blow Up. Uh, it featured the Yardbirds. There's a scene where he walks into the bar, or this the protagonist walks into a bar, and there's a band playing, and it is the Yardbirds, and they're playing Train Kept a Rollin', but they couldn't get the permissions to use Train Kept a Rollin', so they made some minor alterations to the song, and called it. Something just happened to my video screen. Uh, am I still recording? Am I still recording? Hello, hello, hello. Okay. Um, looks like I'm having computer problems now. Great. Another thing to be grumpy about. So anyway, they were doing, um, yeah, Trink Up Rolling, but they called it Stroll On. They made some slight changes. Um, and it was in, And it's in the movie Blow Up. Uh, features both Paige and Jeff back on guitar. If you've never seen it, by the way, it's really a must-see. Uh, it's a very good movie. Um, it's of the era. It's a 60s movie. You know, it's swinging London and all that stuff. Um, and if you like the Austin Powers, he, his part of his character is definitely based on the character and, and blow up. Um, he's a photographer. And he does, yeah. Kind of good as, oh, baby, you know, <laughs> smile for me, smile for me. You know, he does that sort of stuff. And um, I don't think this has ever actually been released before. Um, that, that's the most interesting, that may be the most interesting part of it. It's, it's actually a really cool performance. And again, if you've never seen Blow Up, get it to see it just for the Jimmy Page, right? 1967 Jimmy Page, uh, him and Beck playing away on stage. Um, all right, and on to today's topic, which is... The band XYZ. Forgive me while I turn my back on the camera, but I'm going to. Um, that's kind of a, 
you know, I'm doing the research on this. Um, the weird thing was, there wasn't a, there's not a lot. Like all the books, I, I was going through the Zeppelin books and whatnot, and it gets like a paragraph, you know, a barely mentioned paragraph page at this time played with Chris Squire and Alawite. Um, but nothing really came of it. Um, there are different accounts of how it came about. Um, one book cites that Peter Grant tried to get the bands together, to, tried to get Page and Plant. Um, he, he initiated it to get the two um, on board with this project. Uh, another uh, more reliable, possibly, source suggested that um, the offer to join the band came through Peter Grant, um, but he, that was really all his involvement was he, you know, made a phone call, relayed the message. Um, the other story is that Squire, uh, Chris Squire and Jimmy Page met by chance at a party and, um, But uh, but this story, the party is supposedly before Christmas 1980. Led Zeppelin was still active. Um, Christmas 19? No, no, they would they would have been right around the time they broke up. Sorry, I'm uh, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm getting my my date lines kind of confused here. When they say Christmas 1980, I'm thinking Christmas 1979. That's all. Um, so that they met by chance at a party just before Christmas 1980. And um, and the band kind of fell together that way. So there's three different theories, whether Grant was involved or not, and how much Grant's involvement was in it. However, it's clear that at some point Robert Plant was invited to join the band um, and was not interested. Um, the kind of the stuff I'm reading going over this today was that early on, again, Grant was involved. He invited an invitation to Plant to uh, to play with them, and Plant had no interest, zero, none whatsoever. Others, other accounts suggest Plant came out and played with the band at one point after they had done their work and laid down their demos and they did what they, what we're going to talk about today. Then Plant came out and assessed the situation and deemed it not for him. Uh, and I believe the, the one thing I heard was that it was... Uh, he considered it too complicated, that he wasn't interested in getting into something that complex to try and write and perform over. Um, I would think... I would think Page was point... or Plant was point blank not interested. Maybe came out... Because sometimes you do these things, right? You get phone calls, you're oh, cool. I, yeah, I can't forget... I can't think of the words that I need right now to say no... So I'll go, but he, you know I can't imagine he was interested in it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna the the best story I can give of it uh, comes from um, uh, comes from um, one of the books on Jimmy Page. And I don't have the book with me, so I'm going to have to go by memory on what I what I read. Um, I wasn't actually thinking of recording tonight, and then uh, ended up doing it. But the story was uh, in that that um, 
that uh, Page was, was still heavily involved in his drugs. He was still having his problems. And Chris Squire also was having a um, pharmaceutical problem. Uh, and so everything was going along kind of swimmingly, and then it started falling apart kind of around the issues that both Squire and Page were having at the time. Um, and and I, I just, there's a point in there where you can't imagine Robert Plant has any interest in being involved in that. Maybe if he shows up at it and everybody's clean, then maybe he says have a go at it, but I can't imagine with any sort of drugs involved at that stage that Robert Plant had any interest. However, that all that being said, it seems to be there's stories out there, but nothing seems to be very firm on what went on here. Other than definitely Jimmy Page, Chris Squire, Alan White, and um, and a keyboard player by the name of Dave Lawson, who also picks up a vocal on one of the tracks. Um, in fact, might have been... Um, Anyway, uh, Lawson, so Lawson was brought in, and he had been doing some work with White and uh, Chris Squire beforehand, and then they brought in Page, and he kind of didn't even know this was going to happen. All of a sudden, Jimmy Page was there. Um, actually, he was working with Chris Squire, and all of a sudden, Alan White was there. Then, all of a sudden, Jimmy Page was there. Um, and it seems like the four songs had been really worked up by Chris Squire uh, prior to the sessions with with um with Dave Lawson and then um the, the band just kind of you know page added some licks and that sort of thing um and Chris Squire wasn't very happy when Fortune Hunter Fortune Hunter appeared on um the firm album credited to Jimmy Page and Chris Squire apparently was none too pleased about that it was um uh, he felt that was I mean he had wrote it he had done you know maybe page added a little lick or something uh, furthermore, there's a song on it called Ma Mind Drive, which I'm going to play in a minute. Um, i tell you what, maybe I'll do that now. Um, and that also gives me a chance to go get my... Uh, um, my my book and, and up-to-date myself. So the song's called Mind Drive, this one. And uh, it appears um, like 20, uh, 1997, so 15 years later... It would appear on a Yes album, Keys to the Ascension. Um, Keys to the Ascension, Ascension 2. And uh, I had it somewhere here. I had it all. Yeah, Mind Drive is what the song is called as well by Yes. Um, okay, my correct. So instrumental. There's an instrumental track. And part of that was worked into Mind Drive. And if you listen to Mind Drive, so Mind Drive is from Keys of the Ascension 2 album. If you listen to Mind Drive and you listen to this track, there's no mistaking it. No mistaking it whatsoever. Um, it is... Um, it is it is the, the, the same lick, the exact same lick. Um, but in this case, Chris Squire wrote it, so it's not a big deal. Uh, all right, so here is Instrumental, it's called. Um... Yeah, here's our mind drive, um, and uh, it would, again, do a quick search on, on YouTube, you'll hear it, and it, uh, it appears on uh, the Yes album, Keys to Ascension.
right, so that is Mind Drive from XYZ. By the way, one of the accounts of this band uh, had it being called Cinema. So it's possible the, the working name of this band was actually Cinema, although most, um, most of the... the uh, Accounts seem to think seem to say it was XYZ. It was always XYZ. I think in some interviews, Chris Squire has referred to it as XYZ. So, uh, but th that's just an interesting side note that it's potentially it, it's actually called Cinema. And who knows if they'd have got off the ground what what it would have been called. I certainly think if Robert Plant had got involved, he would not have gone with a name X, X, yes, X, X, Zeppelin, uh, X, Y, Z. He would not have gone for that. And Cinema is a very 80s band name, really. So, um, And you can hear on that, that sounds like Yes Meets the Firm, right? That's The guitar tone is very um, Jimmy Page in the 80s. Um, certainly the firm kind of tone. and But that sounds like Yes. That's all over the place. That sounds like Yes to me. Um, and of course they used it, so maybe there's the reason why. Okay, so here's my uh, here's my notes that I took. Um, a lot of what the stuff we've covered here. Um, yeah, well, I'll go into some quotes from Squire later, but um, it was going well for a while. Squire told Guitar Rose Brad Scoop it in 1986, but when it started to go really well, Jimmy began to get some of his old confidence back together with a few of his certain pleasures. And at that point, it started to fall apart. Um, we can assume what the pleasures were. He didn't say. And what he means by the confidence, I don't know. Maybe he was kind of came in timid and not sure of himself and therefore was keeping himself clean. And then once he started getting comfortable, um, it fell apart. But somewhere along the way. Um, However, and this is an important point, Dave Lawson, uh, we talked about Peter Grant's involvement in putting it together, whether it happened or not that way, but certainly it appears that, that Peter Grant was involved in tearing it apart. Um, Dave Lawson, we talked about earlier, keyboards, vocals, um, was led to understand the project was much scuppered by the failure of negotiations between Yes Manager Brian Lane and, and increasingly disengaged Peter Grant. I think the respective managers landed in their separate helicopters, laughed Lawson. Kickoff commenced. The conversation lasted about five minutes, and they returned to the various helicopters and left. So the band never came to anything. In the end, the separation between Jimmy... This, by the way, is from No Quarter, Three Lives of Jimmy Page. Um, by... by uh, I forget who it was. I forget the author. I forget the author. Um, yeah. Um... And, oh yeah, here's me losing it. Okay. In the end, the separation between Jimmy, Chris, and Alan White proved more amical than the than the conversation between Elaine and Grant, uh, at least in the short term. So, and then Squire and White uh, remodeled their band, brought in Trevor Rabe and, and singer John Anderson, and did uh, did 1984. Right, right from this, jumped into 1984 with the yes, and um, the, and according to uh, Wikipedia. Um, I gotta find it here. But according to Wikipedia, um, Chris Squire has said Chris Squire or Alan White, 
Uh, Alan White confirmed XYZ material was used on the 90125 album, in, although I couldn't hear it. Um, and as we note, the two prominent pieces uh, did show up later in other ways. Uh, speaking of which, um, here's where we go. Here's where it gets interesting, I think. Um, so we're talking about uh, uh, Fortune Hunter was was on the um, on the firm album um, uh, I, I Mean Business, and um, here's what uh, here's what Chris Squire had to say about that. Uh, interestingly enough, one of the songs I wrote, this is Chris Squire, and I wrote all of the songs for XYZ, showed up in the last Firm album, Chris, Chris Later Told Guitar World. Written by Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page, it said. Very interesting. Uh, nonetheless, Squire didn't seem any mood to call him the lawyers, still basking in the warm afterglow of Yes's multi-million selling 90215. He didn't need the money or the hassle. I didn't do anything, so the, it didn't do anything. So there was no point in making a fuss about it. That's a backhanded dig. Um, now, Chris Squire, Alan White, was that the... Uh, um, the 2007-02 show, he played drums on that. So it, no hard feelings there. I believe Chris Squire had some... He did some stuff with Jimmy, like socially with Jimmy Page through the years. So there's no hard feelings of it, I guess. But uh, it is no, worth noting that it appears they kind of nicked the song. And again, those quotes are from uh, no, no Quarter, The Three Lives of Jimmy Page. Um, Martin Power is the author of the book. And I'm going to try and get us back to the beginning of it, the very beginning. And uh, give you the cover. But it's digital, so you know, you got to just gotta be patient with me. So there you go. No Quarter, Three Lives of Jimmy Page by Martin Power is where those quotes are coming from. Um, and that's kind of all i got to say on uh, XYZ. There's not, so again, there's not a lot of information. There's four songs to listen to. Uh, I've played you two of them so far. I will outro on the last one. It's warning, it's long. The last one is called... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the song is. I think Telephone, Se Telephone Secrets. I think is what it's going to be. And it's vocals of Chris Squire. How's that sound? Yes, Telephone Secrets with Chris Squire on vocals, but it's like seven minutes long. Um, so, fair warning, that's coming at the end. Um, but, uh, but that's XYZ. And it's just kind of... You know, nobody talks about it. Nobody does. I haven't talked about it in all these years, in the 10 years I've been doing this. Um, and I thought it was, you know, when I kind of noticed that it was it was 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago that it happened in, uh, in back in February. February 28th is when the, they supposedly they got together first time. Um, I just thought it was something that, geez, that, that's got to be noted. That's got to be talked about. So, um, so that is X, Y, Z. Um, all right. And then we have, um, falling apart here. Oh, there we go. From the collection, the old from the collection. Uh, it is international eight track day today. And I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. It's, and it's currently, well, it's Monday. So I don't know if it's today or yesterday. 
but it's uh well the recording of this podcast is broached both days it's 10 after 12 in the morning so it's eight track day today depending on which day you're talking about um international eight track day so um i was gonna i dipped into the stack of eight tracks and i pulled up uh, for your pleasure probably the rarest of my eight track uh, zeppelin eight tracks that would be in through the outdoor and the reason it's rarer than the others is simply because by 1979, 8-tracks were a waning format. Um, they were fading in popularity. Um, and uh, so they were less sold. They were just less sold. People were buying cassettes by this stage. Uh, but there you go. It's an 8-track of the kids. That's an 8-track tape. I know I've showed you them before. They're thick. We used to drive around and cars and our mom's cars stick our eight tracks in and they go um there's eight track it's stereo four and four four and two is how it works uh, so there's a right side left side and then there's four tracks literally um two three four the tape rolls around in a spool and it hits a magnetic tape and the tape head clicks onto the next track at the end of the tape head so it goes one two three four so you could be playing say it starts up in the evening and the uh, second track would have southbound sorry playing at the same time the third track would have carousel ombre all the way through and all my love is the first song of the fourth track so you go press the button go click 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 here you go in the evening southbound sorry carousel ombre all my love click 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 and go on either one of them at any time and as it gets to the end of the track go to the next one continue on um, and it would just go around and around you don't have to ever take it out it'll just go around and around and around in a circle it gets to the fourth track it goes back to the first track and it'll just go around and around and around in a loop uh, forever and ever and ever or until the metallic tape that causes the click to happen breaks which happens way too often but they were horrifically convenient in a car uh, you couldn't rewind them but you could fast forward them and uh, because of this separation of the track, sometimes they actually, like a song would fade out in the middle and fade back in on the other side of the track. You know, there was all sorts of quirky things about it. Um, your track listing is different. Uh, I'm trying to think. In the evening and hot dog. Because you, you have these four tracks and you need to put two songs or one song or three songs or whatever in the same space. You have that much space. You know, you divide your divide your album length by four. Now you got to fit the songs inside that, and so the track lists could get very weird. And, um, and yeah, as I point out, in the evening starts it, and then hot dog, then southbound soiree and fool in the rain. Uh, whereas on the album, it would be uh, southbound soiree second, hot dog third. Maybe hot dog might have been fourth actually. Fool, fool in the rain, right? So you would get a complete change up of the track listing just to make it all work. Uh, weird stuff. Weird stuff, kids. But that's it. In through the outdoor on a track. And I'm going to listen to that later. Alright, that is it for Ramble on Radio episode 159. Be sure to check out rambleonradio.com. Follow Ramble on Radio on Facebook. By the way, uh, I still have the um, fundraising um, post up on rambleonradio.com. Please go, and if you want to donate some money to help 
move this thing forward and improve the microphones, improve my camera, um, that sort of thing, um, then please feel free. There's, you can use PayPal, you can e-transfer, we can do all sorts of ways. And there's also, of course, Patreon. Um, subscribe to Ramble Already through iTunes and Google Play. Don't forget to leave a review. It helps them find us. Listen on Stitcher Radio, Verbal. Download it on from I am Brian Diamond on Podbean. Check it out and like the video at Ramble on Radio on YouTube. And don't forget to visit Ramble on Radio on Patreon. Thank you for listening to Ramble on Radio. Oh, and by the way, I should mention, share. Share it. Share it on your social medias. Tell people, tell your friends about it. Share it on your social medias. That'll help people to find the podcast. Helps the podcast grow. Good for everybody. Anyway. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. And we are going to close off with what the heck did I say that song was called? These songs you're not familiar, not familiar with, right? Um, I have it all here. I have it all here. I have it all here. Something about a telephone. <laughs> darn, 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 darn. It's Chris Squire on vocals. And, uh, oh boy, I can't find no link. I can't find it. Anyway, this is XYZ, Jimmy Page on guitar, Alan White on drums, Chris Squire on bass and vocals, uh, and Telephone Line, or Telephone something it was called. I'm going to come back and find out. There you go, Telephone Secrets. Mm -hmm.